Hey, what's going on, guys? On this episode of Drugs and Stuff, we'll be discussing Clomid versus Novadex for your PCT, what basic equipment do you need to build your own home gym to train like a bodybuilder, improving sleep on cycle, the differences between injectable, oral, and sublingual winstrel. Plus, would you train a female differently than you train a male? All that and a bunch more. We're going to do it right now here on Drugs and Stuff. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Drugs and Stuff with Dave Crossland. I'm Scott McNally. All of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. Check them out. You can get awesome supplements like CarboLoad, which is a, a, a complex carbohydrate that's uh, at a really good price, too. So it's super effective. Uh, you know, Dave wants to do product reviews now. We, he's got his water bottle there. He actually gave me like a whole demo on his water bottle before the show we were pretending like we were doing some sort of like you know mainstream podcast here oh you got the cabbage in the cup uh look what i have today dave i know easter is coming look at that actually i know i'm not sure that even warrants a comment to be honest you like that that's my uh easter mug i'll be drinking this uh through the easter holiday season why? I don't know. It's just a cup I've had forever, so I thought it was funny, so I got it from like a secondhand store two decades ago. Anyway, guys, uh, yeah, we've got a bunch of stuff for you today. You guys came through. We asked you for questions. You guys gave us questions. And Dave, we got some funny feedback, too, that I wanted to tell you about. Uh, first of all, which one was this? First of all, cool dude had this to say. Dave, please learn to pronounce aluminum aluminum correctly. Aluminum. Is that for real? You see a few things who, that are right, Who settled America? Well, the people so who left we, your well, country well, yeah, because yeah, we exactly. didn't like the way so, you pronounced aluminum. So where did where did the English language in America come from? It came from England. We do have a bunch of steroid bodybuilding stuff, guys. Just throwing it out there. We're going to get to that in a minute. But uh, this is another really good one. Now, this guy, he must not have ever seen any of the shows before. Uh, John, <laughs> John Williams. <laughs> so he probably got like the show in his, his like suggested feed. So he clicked on it. And uh, he said, this dude's voice is straight up Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> badass so i never saw that show i never saw any of those movies surprise surprise but i actually clicked on like uh, a clip and you do you sound just like captain jack sparrow like it's exactly the same can't spot it must be a tiny little thing hiding somewhere behind the pearl <laughs> i'm not sure if i should be insulted or or, or complimented for that i mean he was I the star of that movie, movie right yeah, I won't mind his money, but I won't want his girlfriend. I don't. Like, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> oh, Scott, you really need to get up with modern culture. Yeah, stop living in that, <laughs> that cave you live in and get out. <laughs> and also, uh, we got a lot of feedback about Sweden. Like several people uh, commented because you were telling us about how Sweden was all like they're anti steroids and. One of your mm. clients is being tested and all of that. So, like, 
a bunch of people chimed in, a bunch of Sweden hate, which, by the way, I looked at our statistics. Uh, Sweden is like the eighth most popular country to watch us. But we only have 15 people watching us. So yeah, one guy, one, one guy from Sweden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I saw that. I saw yeah. the, the UK is second now. They have it rough out there. Definitely. The, the laws are strict. The UK, we have 14% of our listeners are from the UK. So shout out to our UK guys. Uh, so how many of our listeners are American? Like 45%. I yeah, I'm surprised at that. Why is that? Just I I would have suspected there would have been a more even split with this being um, you know, the two of us. Uh, Walt Walt's Walt's away this week. He's looking after somebody's dog, I think. Walter is, yeah. Um yeah. Um I think I just thought it would be more, you know, sort of more even between the fact that obviously you, you're from that funny country that doesn't speak proper English, and, and and then obviously I'm from that country that does speak proper English. Well, here's the thing, though. You got to remember, the U.S. is so much bigger. Like th- my the reach That's here true, yeah. is so you know so much bigger. Plus, I don't know. Maybe YouTube has like some algorithm stuff where because uh, the channel is based out of the U.S., it's pumping out to the U- U.S. I don't really know honestly, but it, I, I think it's a, just a matter of numbers, you know. Somebody did comment on me saying "growed" instead of "grew." Did they? I didn't see that. <laughs> they, they messaged me. It was a comment on my Instagram feed. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, Nikki. Okay, so here's the deal, guys. We we did get so much feedback. We asked you for questions for the next show. Also, too, I want to say thank you guys for uh, for all your well wishes. Uh, I'm doing better every day now. I actually went to the grocery store yesterday and it didn't feel like i was running a marathon just crawling through the aisles that's how i learned easter was coming they had easter baskets out so i decided to get festive and get my uh my easter mug out dave uh, i think i think you've had that from child i think that's the family heirloom that family heirloom? You. yeah you've had it from child possibly no i got it yeah yeah, a while ago. Anyway, actually, somebody bought it for me, kind of as a joke, and it's just <coughs> it's just hung around. It hasn't broken yet. We got a bunch of stuff though. We got a bunch of good uh, bodybuilding steroid questions. Um, so instead of doing a steroid profile of the week, I figured we could just dive right into this stuff. And uh, in the future, we'll be back with steroid profiles. We'll be back with uh, drugs in the news, steroids in the news. Uh, and we'll start here. This was on the couple up, few episodes ago. Somebody just posted this one: um, Clomid versus Novadex for PCT. What are your thoughts, Dave? Both, both together. Mm-hmm. Uh, study to study, uh, compound against compound, I would say Novadex probably actually outperforms Clomid from a point of view of increasing testosterone levels by increasing signaling. Really? No kidding. Uh, yeah, there's a few studies that show Novavex to be very, very effective at increasing in um, increasing signal output. But as they both operate ever so slightly differently, so um, as a result, you get a more 
comprehensive cover of the receptors at the pituitary and at the hypothalamus, which collectively together increases GnRH output and FSH and LH output. So mm. hence why both of them are used. So they shut down both the negative feedbacks. Okay. Um, he if you had to choose one, I would go Nova. Okay. Well, he had mentioned too uh, that he had um, he had uh, mood issues, and he was concerned that Clomid would raise those mood issues. So in that case, it sounds like Novadex would probably be his best bet. Yeah, I mean, I. I... <laughs> Clomid's, you know, it's notorious for making you feel a bit moody and a bit shitty and a bit depressed and a bit down. Yeah. But you are, you're talking three, four weeks max. Yeah. That you're going to get that impact. And though that's not great, and I understand someone not wanting to get into that position. Yeah. There's part of me that wants to say, well, you want to do steroids. So if you want to do steroids, you've put up with the fact that the PCT can be a bit fucking shitty. So... But if you can there avoid is it? Part, yeah, but if you avoid it, you to some degree will compromise the effectiveness of the PCT. Okay. And it does de it does depend on, on what sort of cycle preceded it. I mean, if you've just done mm. 400 mega tests, then just running Novadex isn't going to be an issue. But if you've got quite a substantial cycle in there that you're trying to recover from, then you, you're going to want, you know, every available opportunity to help you recover. Okay. And and removing a drug because you're worried it's going to make you feel down is part of me wants to say that's a weak ass excuse because at the end of the day, if you were worried about that, then why the fuck did you start taking steroids in the first place? But then the other part of me is like, yeah, but I understand people wanting to minimize things that, you know, obviously have an impact on them. So uh, I'm a bit 50 50 with that one as to um, how I should. I'm going to make Andrew. I cry while watching Frozen anyway. What the fuck are you going on about? I haven't seen it. I don't know what Frozen is. Okay. Scott, have you watched any films ever? Actually, while I was sick, I watched a ton of television. Like, I watched literally entire seasons because my my brain was frozen. It didn't work. And uh, I just sat there vegging out for for literally days at a time. I couldn't lay down either. So because of the pneumonia. So just sitting on the couch so I could stay a little bit upright. I watched mm, uh, like I literally tons, tons of TV, like probably more TV than I've watched in, in a decade. I, I watched like literally a decade of my television watching happened uh, in that three week period of time. Did you watch Game of Thrones? No, I couldn't focus on anything. Like, so I had to be really kind of like, you know, uh, light. Like, <laughs> you watch cartoons, didn't you? You've been watching three I, weeks of cartoons. <laughs> I did watch some cartoons, actually, yeah. Uh, I watched, uh, what's that show called? Rick and Morty. Have you ever heard of that one? Yes, I have. Yes. I watched Rick and Morty. Okay, so uh, question for the next drugs and stuff. Uh, for Dave, with test escalation, E2 conversion seems to plateau after a certain amount can he explain a bit uh, how does this happen and if side effects plateau as well? Uh, also, does the same flattening of the curve <laughs> happen to DHT? And he also says, uh, great to have you back, Scott. Thank you, Anthony. I'm glad to be here. I, I don't know about this, man. Do you, do you know anything about estrogen uh, flattening at a certain point? Because that's what Danny Bosso had said. 
Yeah, it, it, it's... It doesn't stop increasing, uh, but the ratio of test to estrogen will start to change. Okay. So your initial elevation in, in, in test is going to cause pretty much an equal eleva- elevation in, in, in estrogen. Okay. Obviously, there's certain variances in this, and, and there will be variances from one person to another, and, and particularly stuff like body fat plays a big role in estrogen conversion. Um, but as the test increases, the E2 won't increase at exactly the same rate. So it does start to lag behind a little bit. Um, and this is just more to do with the limitations of what our body can do and what our body can produce. So for argument's sake, probably the best way I can explain this is, if I take a, um, a growth hormone secretory, so I take a GSH, yeah. GHS, sorry, like the GHRP6, GHRP2, something along those lines, even MK677, <clears throat> I'm going to elevate my natural growth hormone output, but it's never going to get as high as I can replicate by putting in exogenous growth hormone for the simple reason as I'm limited by the fact that I'm relying on my own natural production to do that. Mm, okay. So there's a point where it doesn't, you know, you just doesn't increase much anymore, irrespective of how much more stimulant you put in to cause it to increase. Yeah. Because you're at the limit of your natural output. Uh, and this is where the conversion, because obviously there's no limit to the amount of testosterone we can push in because we're pushing it in artificially. Sure. But there is a limit to how much aromatase the body can produce. Oh, Okay. That makes sense, I guess. And there, and there is a limit then to how much estrogen we, we end up producing. So as levels get higher and higher and higher, estrogen will start to lag behind in a comparative level. Yeah, yeah, that makes um, sense. It will still increase very gradually, um, but but it's not going to increase at the same ratio it did initially. Yeah, I guess that does uh, make regards, sense. Yeah, regards side effects. I suppose there would, in theory, be a point at which side effects leveled off to some degree. Mm -hmm. Uh, But where that would be would be very individual. Um, uh, And, I mean, I I have seen, you know, I've seen estrogen levels in people, UK-based 6700, which, which, and this wasn't trend, this was E2. Uh, So if I was to convert that to American, what's your upper limit again? Is it? 25 no 60 sorry isn't it yeah so you're looking at 300 plus okay yeah yeah so you're you're very high levels Uh, and i mean levels of that sort of range are going to be you know water retention fat deposits obviously gyno becomes a risk yeah uh but yeah there will be a point where the the conversion starts to to almost plateau uh, and and the ratio slows right right down and that's just because you're at the limit of what your body can do in the ways of producing aromatase. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Um, if you switch to injecting estrogen, there'd be no limit to the height your estrogen levels could get. Right, oh, of course. Yeah, so everybody uh, would be different in this situation too because everybody mm-hmm. has a different amount of, of aromatase. We had a question about They training. do. I want to see if we could find Never. that one. We, we, on drugs and stuff? Yeah, yeah, I know, right? 
Uh, a question the, about stuff? The question was, if I can find it here, because like I said, we have so many of them. And it, it probably, here it is. It probably would have made sense for me to just go down the line, but I wanted to get it in here. Uh, I like this. He says, it's Chris. He says, first, great to have the dynamic duo back. Uh, team Christmas cabbage. Ho. Um, okay. He says, an idea for the episode, the next episode. Uh, what basic equipment is needed for a home gym? What is optimal? Uh, and in what order would you buy additional machines like a pulley, dual pulley station, possible leg things uh, to cover all bases for classic bodybuilding workouts? That's a good one. Right. The way I would approach this is I think probably the first and most versatile thing you can have for a home gym is a cage. Yeah, I would agree. Or a rack. Yeah. So that would be my start point. Then potentially dumbbells. Well, how about a bar? Well, yeah, okay. A bar and plate <laughs> weight, yeah. That would be before the cage, right? That's a bar? Yes. Bar, plates, then cage. Adjustable bench. Bench. Yeah, there you go. You could really you could do also, everything you needed with that alone if you had. You to. could. Yes, you could. Uh, and by adjustable bench, I'd look for a bench that goes decline and goes 90 degree upright. Absolutely. Then after that, you four way, I would say four way neck machine from Hammer Strengths. Have you seen that? <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 um, yeah, um, I'm not even going to entertain you now, Scott. Well, um, I would have said probably then you'd what it, it, it then becomes a choice of cost of equipment yeah. versus versatility of equipment. So, for argument's sake, dumbbells you have then a quite a variety of what you can do with a dumbbell sure. uh, adds quite a lot of variety to your workouts so even though dumbbells as a set are particularly expensive um they do give you a lot in return for the money you spend and you can get uh you can get if you if you're using an olympic set of of plates you can get those olympic set handles to you make can, adjustable yeah. dumbbells that would probably be the most cost effective way because then you take, you know, there may be a hundred dollars, maybe yeah, somewhere in there, one to two hundred dollars for two of them. You'd or be you good to some, go. Selectorized dumbbells would be the next probably most cost effective way up from there. Yeah. And then you get into racking and stuff, which obviously starts getting expensive. Yeah. Um, and then equipment wise. Definitely something that has a high cable or low cable. Yeah, that's where I go next to. Yep. Uh, I'd probably go to a dual pulley sort of condensed cable crossover. Before so a pull I could down. have a, Yeah, because I yep. can have the pull down off that, the low pulley off that, plus the cable crossover off it. So it's more versatile for what I want to do. You may find that in order to get the most out of that sort of setup, you're probably going to have to create some sort of anchor point on the floor that you can hook your legs under yeah so it, it you know but there's things like that you can make very very simply without having to spend money on yeah um what i would avoid is is equipment that has a single use like the four-way deck machine from tamer strength yes yeah. but so yeah but i mean it's, it's like a leg press yeah a leg press 
big bit of kit, takes up a lot of space, very expensive. But beyond leg pressing, what else are you going to do on it? Yeah, which I have a Nautilus leg press in the corner. And I also have a hack squat. But here, okay, I'll say this. After you have all that stuff, I would say leg equipment next. Because, like specific leg equipment, because you can only do so much with free weights for legs. And, and granted, you can do a lot of stuff. You can squat, you can lunge. There's a ton you can do. But it's nice to have something machine-wise specifically for legs and honestly man like out of the machines i have at this point you can tell i like training legs because i have my squat rack i have my dumbbells i have my pull down now i have my treadmill but then i also have an extension leg extension hamstring curl hack squat and leg press and then it's like now the gym is full I would have said if I was going to go for a piece of leg press equi- leg equipment, I'd go for a V squat. V squat, okay. I think that's the most versatile because it, it you can do a hack style movement on it. You yeah. can do a reverse facing squat movement on it. You can do calves on it. Yeah. Whereas you'd struggle a little bit for the versatility with the other equipment to the same degree. From a point of view of a leg extension is a nice bit of kit that's difficult to replicate using anything else. As is a hamstring curl. But you can use a leg extension for hamstring curls. Leg extension for hamstring curls. Yeah? Like, like you've chain. never. Oh, you know what? You stand facing it and then hook yeah. your heel behind the pad and extend. Yeah. I guess it depends on the machine. Mine's old. And it, it's, it, I don't know if you could on mine because it's, it's, I, I'd have to show you, but I can see what you're saying though. And you can get creative with stuff like that. Like you could even use my leg curl could also be used as like a tricep press if you, mm-hmm. if you wanted to get all funky and Instagrammy with it. Yeah. So th- there is, there is, but when, when I look at extra equipment, I'd look at movements that are difficult to replicate with dumbbells or a bar. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, another so factor, obviously- one of the reasons I got leg equipment was because I've had a history of back issues. So a free weight isn't necessarily always going to be a best option if I were to throw my mm-hmm. back out for a couple of weeks. Uh, mm-hmm. That said, the next thing I'd like to get is some type of a back machine for the same reason, because I'm not always in a position. I'm not on Formica. I don't know, whatever this is. But knock on wood, uh, I haven't had a lot of back issues, but uh, there you go. Uh, but uh, uh, a, a, some type of a row machine would be nice, too. Not like a rower, but, you know, a back yeah, machine would be good to yeah, have. I know Just because sometimes it's hard to do a dumbbell or, excuse me, a barbell row, a T-bar row. It'd be nice to have those options. But now we're talking more space and we're also talking about an ideal world because right now gym equipment is kind of limited. So, you know, being able to find a good set of adjustable dumbbells, it may put you out a grand to get, to get something heavy Mm. just because Mm. people are, you know, there's still, there's some price gouging. I see it's different around the country here in the U S some places like here in, in Michigan, Detroit, we have more availability now. I think I'm seeing a lot more stuff. Than what we saw, you know, a, while, a few months, even a few months ago, six months ago. I think when gyms open, give it six months of gyms being fully consistently open, and you'll start to see a lot of equipment flood the market. And that's where we're I at. I think, 
I think most people will hold on to it initially because they'll be nervous that the gyms will close back down. Right. And they'll have ideas that, well, I'll keep my home gym because it always comes in handy. But then after six months of realizing they're not really using it anymore. Yeah. Uh, and the, the missus giving them shit because you've got the garage full of your crap and you don't use it to sell it and we can use the money for something else. And we can put the car back um, in the garage, you know. Yeah, I think it's going to start happening. And as a result, you'll see a flood. But I, I think it will be a few months into gyms being consistently open before you see it. And you guys aren't not <coughs> open yet, are you? Uh, 12th of April. Oh, okay. So we can celebrate uh, Easter, and we can celebrate the gyms being open again. That's like that'll be a blast. All right. What else do we have here? Let's see. Um, you know, I think I preferred it when you were ill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for watching another podcast here at Think Big Bodybuilding Media. And thank you to our great sponsor, TrueNutrition.com, for making this all possible. TrueNutrition.com is owned by Dante Trudell, the creator of DC Training. He wanted to create a supplement company that offered high-quality third-party tested supplements at a fair price. High-quality protein powders, just about every type you could think of. Huge variety of flavors, plus health and performance supplements. Check them out, TrueNutrition.com. And hey, if you use our code ADVICES, you directly support our podcasting. Thanks, guys. Let's get back to the program. <laughs> best, Fucking Easter mug. Let's see. Best supplements. Not to help with visceral fat. Uh, I know becoming incredibly lean uh, will help solve the problem. Uh, just wanted to know if there's anything extra I can do or take. And my dog wants out of here. So you you get it started, Dave, and I'll be right back. I won't hear what you said, so mm. I'm just going to say the exact same thing you said, probably. Okay. Uh, I suppose any fat burner is going to help to an extent. I don't think there's anything that's going to particularly target visceral fat. Possibly PGF-2A as an aqueous cream. No. may uh but beyond that i think most it's just a case of getting lean and then staying lean and it's time in condition that's gonna effectively what what in layman's terms would be thin the skin yeah yeah i found visceral fat for me is it take i have to get rid of all the other fat first and then the visceral mm -hmm. fat goes and i can tell because like my torso size will change you know, it's like I have to get rid of all the surface fat. And then from that point, I keep dieting. And then the fat between the muscle, visceral fat and everything starts to go. I wonder about your himbine. Well, I, I mean, I think any fat burner is going to add to total fat loss. But I don't think there's anything that would particularly target visceral fat as such the closest you're going to get to to a contact basis would be something that was subdermal yeah uh because it would soak in uh but even then you're really only going to affect the fat that lays more directly under the skin or or what would you know in old school days we would call um thick skin yeah. rather than the fat that's that's layered between the muscles but i've found in general that that real stubborn fat that lays right next to the surface of the skin is a good indication of where your visceral fat is because the two seem to move very similar. Mm, okay. What's, uh, what's, uh, I don't know what boy zone is. It's a uh, group. 
Oh, okay. Lucas says, um, I'm at home with my missus listening to Boyzone. Luckily, I can listen to you gents on my headphones. So the missus is listening to Boyzone. That's apparently a band, Dave. How do you know that? It's a boy band. How do you know this then, even? I have daughters. Do they listen to Boyzone? Or whatever they Not called? if I have anything to do with it. <laughs> what do you If I hear it, to? they get told to turn that shit off. <laughs> you listen to drum, <coughs> drum and bass, right? I do, sir, yes. I see. The I would have thought you were like, uh, like uh, ACDC. That's what I would have guessed. I don't mind a bit of heavy rock or, or light heavy metal, quite like Iron Maiden. Uh, don't mind Black Sabbath, don't mind ACDC, but there would not be music I would choose to listen to, but it would be music that if it came on, I wouldn't rush to turn it off either. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Clint says, what about uh, DMP for Visceral Fat? Yeah, yes. The answer would be yes. It'll burn everything. Well, yeah, but again, it's it's a fat burner that I mean, all fat burners are gonna if effectively lower fat. They're not gonna target anything specifically. I would not support. Yeah, we'll um, I've not seen anything on DAP helping with fatty liver, so I'd, I'd have to have a look at that to be honest, because I've not seen anything on that, so I can't comment on it. Okay, um, move things around here. There we go. Would bloods only a week? into a blast of 300 milligrams of test and 200 milligrams of master on E be basically identical to the start of the blast. I'd say they'd be up a little bit. Yeah. I don't think you can see much in the way of changes. You, you know, most changes, if you do see changes are probably going to be more linked to fasted or not fasted, hydrated or not hydrated. And those sort of variables that you deal with on every blood test, rather than the fact that you've been on cycle for a week. I mean, obviously, you well, will see hormone changes. That's what I'm saying. And that's what I think he's saying, oh, yeah, you, too. Yeah, because oh, if you were to yeah, take you'll a see, shot of test and then do your labs, it'll be higher. So if you were to take a 300 oh, yeah. milligrams, you'd see you'd see a raise. I'd wait longer yeah, you'd still. Yeah, you you'd see a peak in 24 hours. So, yeah, yeah you'd definitely see hormone reflection, definitely. Yeah. But if you're talking about health markers, impact's going to be minimal. Unless you've had some sort of immune response to the gear going in. Good point. Yeah. Okay. We got another training question here. Look at that. So Dave, eventually we will stop. Dave and I were talking before the show. I listened to something from Greg Doucette and he said, initially he talked about nutrition like years ago on his, on his YouTube page and nobody watched the shows. Then he started talking about steroids and all that shit. And then a bunch of people started listening. And then he started doing Natty or Nots, and even more people started listening. He was like, and now I talk about nutrition again. Plus, he does the Natty or Nots. And he's like, and now I can monetize my show, and I got a ton of followers. So this is our road, Dave. Eventually, we'll just phase the steroids out of... We'd have to change the name, though, I guess. Drugs and stuff. Just stuff. Stuff. Stuff and stuff. Stuff. I don't know. Stuff anyway. and stuff. Just, just stuff. We could change it to just stuff. How do you say this name? V O J T A. Vojta. Vojta. We messed this guy's name up bad, I think. Uh, I'm sorry. 
Okay, I apologise for Scott now. He's useless, and I am trying to replace him, but unfortunately, applicants have been rather thin on the ground. Where do you, where do you uh, think he's from? I mean, he could be anywhere I, in the US even, but... I hate to say, because I'm always worried I'm going to insult the person in case I've said they're from a country that they don't like. Does oh, that happen, you think? Well, there's, yeah, I mean, there, there were, there's definitely certain nationalities that don't like each other. I mean, Pakistan doesn't like India, and India doesn't oh. like Pakistan, so. Well, can we say. called an Indian. Can we say, like, Eastern Black? I, I, I'm guessing so. Uh, regard his question, though. Yes, his question is, if you were yes. to train with a woman, his significant other, uh, would you have her do the same training as you? For example follow the same mountain dog program i i'm not a great believer in that women need specifically different training i find a woman's strength curve is different um you tend to find that men's strength is generally quite linear so for argument's sake if they can do a 100 kilo bench press for 15 reps yeah then you know they're going to get 150 and they're probably going to get six to eight and, and vice versa. And as the weight goes up, their rep range will wrap, will just steadily increase, decrease, should I say. Yeah. Heavier the weight, less reps. What I find with women is they'll be able to do a certain weight for 15 reps and they'll probably be able to increase that weight three or four times for the same number of reps. Huh. And then all of a sudden, the next weight increase and their rep range drops through the floor. Oh, I, They I, seem I, to have a... Okay. a yeah. They seem to have a much different strength curve to males. Huh. But re regards to training as in exercises and movements, yeah, I mean, you're, all you're doing is exercising a muscle through a range of levers. So the exercises will all be the same. You just might find her rep ranging be slightly different. And you might find that with the lighter stuff, she's got a much more ability to cope with volume, whereas with the heavier stuff, she will fatigue quite quickly. There we go. You've gone. Uh, I'm back. You broke your mic again. Mm. Um, I would agree with you on that. I guess the only thing I would be interested in to know is what her goals were. Um, mm. If her goals were, you know, in, in what her experience level is. I think sometimes there's a couple things here. Okay. So if, if she has zero experience, you've been training for years then uh, it maybe there's two factors here. Maybe training with you would be like to her uh, a fun bonding experience, even where it's like, hey, now we're doing this <coughs> together and we're enjoying it. That in itself could be a really positive thing for her. Or maybe it would be too much. Maybe it would be overwhelming. Maybe she only wants to train three times a week. You want to train five or six. Uh, it, it depends on where her mindset is, I think. Uh, mm -hmm. could she, could, if her goals and her, uh, motivation was in a place where she wanted to do that program, then I'd say go for it. You know, I think a mountain dog program would be, would be a great route to go. Um, one thing I thought it just came up kind of like a little side note, side story, actually, uh, good friend of mine, uh, Mike Davies. Mike Davies is, uh, he's like one of the OGs of female physiques. He was like 
one of the original coaches of the pros. Uh, and he had helped a ton uh, of the top Olympian women uh, in especially fitness and, uh, and then in figure as well. In fact, his wife was a pro. Um, he trains women completely different. It's interesting. Uh, his approach is uh, more of an athletic approach where they're using things all together. He said, uh, in his mind, uh, all these muscles function together. Uh, you, with, with a woman, you want to create an athletic physique instead of Frankensteining it together. Like today we train delts. Tomorrow we train quads. It was just an interesting approach. And then when I see his training, he does things that are very fitness-like. Like it'll be like burpees combined with, you know, a bunch of other shit. And it's very athletic. But, but then he's trying to create a physique that resembles that because he's looking at figure competitors rather than women's bodybuilding. Exactly, yeah. So that approach is great. I mean, your training approach should reflect the end result you're trying to approach, as you, you know, you're trying to achieve, as you said. Yeah. So if you do an athletic style training, you will get an athletic style physique. Exactly. And that's what, and, it, that's what and, he uses for like the smaller divisions, even bikini. Mm. No, and I, I see sense in that. I, I do. I, I see a sense in that. I don't think particularly that for a figure or or even possibly a trained figure that you particularly need to do the traditional bro split type style approach. When you start getting into physique uh, and bodybuild, then I would say you got to start looking at more prioritizing muscles because you're not trying to represent a, um, an athletic ideal. You're trying to represent wide shoulders, narrow waist, X-frame ideal, which isn't something that you get athletically in the same way Absolutely. you have to start to manipulate proportions yeah in yeah. order to achieve the the silhouette that you're looking for yeah 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 i just thought i'd throw that out there so i, I think part of it might depend on her goals too if mm -hmm. maybe she could achieve what she wants in three days a week just doing uh full body circuits i don't know but if you if she enjoys it then i i say you know 100 go for it what do we got here um not sure you'll be all right to cover this subject, but maybe you can point me in the right direction. How important is it get is it to get phlebotomy while on and uh, where to find out uh, how to do it if giving blood isn't an option and money is tight? Uh, I'm in British Columbia, Canada. I don't know anywhere that is relatively inexpensive. First, I'll tell him he can go to uh, England. And he can visit Dave because uh, Dave does phlebotomy. It's just it to be a cheap ticket. Uh, I'm I'm sorry for chuckling, Andrew. Uh, I'm not taking the piss, but you spelt that flab bottomy as in flab for fat. You were taking the piss, it's Dave. P it's P H L E B. It's phlebotomy. It just made me chuckle because I just had thinkings of taking flab out, which I really could do with. So yeah. if there's anyone offering that service, <laughs> give me a ring and I will be there. Um, funny enough, I actually had a guy from Canada contact me recently um, wanting some bits of advice, advice, consultant stuff, and I believe he'd found a natural 
treatment centre that was willing to do phobotomy? Because phobotomy, well, bloodletting is, is what you're after. Yeah. Is actually a bit of a homeopathic treatment. So I think have a look down that line. Have a look at clinics that offer homeopathic treatments that may offer bloodlets um, as, a, as a way of a natural treatment for improving blood values and improving quality of life. Mm. Uh, and see if you can get it something down the homeopathic route. The other thing, uh, and I only think of this because I, me and Scott were discussing this earlier on, is cupping. Oh, yeah. Now, you this will, will remove a certain volume of blood through cupping. I didn't so, know this, and this will cover another question because we had somebody ask about how beneficial cupping would be for lowering hematocrit. Hmm. It, it, it well, you you literally suck blood out through the skin into a cup, um, and there can be a decent amount, a decent volume of blood taken out. We're probably not talking the five hundred mil that you're going to get out of a bloodlet, but you could realistically get you know twenty twenty mil a cup maybe. So you'd still have a reasonable amount of blood removed. Yeah. Stop putting messages up about having nice to have you back because there's only three people sent one. And I keep putting the same one up over and over again, right? Yeah, I'm sure you've actually just made these up with different names and you're just sticking them up. Listen, I have an um, idea for him. I just looked up Google Flights. You can fly to London, at least from Detroit. It might be different from Canada uh, for $1,120. You can fly to Liverpool for $4,461. Flights are cheap right now. You could just fly to Dave for that price. Fourth, right. I'm nearer to Liverpool than I am London by quite a large extent. I think I would fly to London and rent a car or a carriage or whatever you guys have there. That, that's still going to be a very expensive for bomb. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to know the prices anyway, though, because I, I do want to get out there. And I thought, hey, maybe they'd be cheap. We're recording a podcast. This is a great time to look up Google Flights. Yeah, this is this is the level of professionalism we have here on drugs Put and stuff. Phone. Is where you will start. Put yes, mine's. No, have you heard mine ring? Bing? Do anything? No. You've done very have well, you heard Dave. My do have I had to get up in the middle of the podcast and let my dog out? No. Why? Because you killed him. So, you know. Come on, Scott. Keep up. Speaking of keeping up, we've got a bunch of questions still, and we just answered two in one, so I thought that was great. What do we got no here? No team, Scott. This is a very large question. It's going to fill oh, up the whole screen. Hell. Could Dave talk about the UK research and studies available that AAS users could possibly take part in? I'm going to stop reading right there because that's a lot. Uh, you recently had a study, didn't you, that... Uh, I saw you post something and we talked about something last week. There was some sort of study. There's, there's, there's something on my Instagram and my Facebook feed of a current study that someone's doing. So if you want to participate in that, yeah. have a look. There's a link. Click on it. Or you might have to copy and paste, actually, because I'm a bit shit when I post stuff like this up. Um, and that will then take you so you can fill in the questionnaire. Hmm. There are two other studies going on at the moment. There's the Adelphi Project and there's the AAS UK the Adelphi is um, a very sectionalized look. So though there's quite a few people contributing in the way of researchers, we're only actually speaking uh, to 
three people individually. Okay. okay. Uh, so, unfortunately, I've already sent my requests out to the people I picked. Okay. Uh, and I deliberately picked a broad spectrum of different type of people. So I picked a pro, a casual user, and a, an, an older user. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are generally, there's usually an annual steroid questionnaire each year. If you want to actively be involved in, in these sort of studies, then you're probably your best bet is to speak to your local needle exchange because oh. they will usually be aware of the research that's going on. Okay. Um, the other guy to talk to is a guy called Joseph Keane, who runs the Bradford Needle Exchange. Joe's very active in a lot of the steroid user surveys. So he does a lot of that. But, yeah, I mean, I, I – seems to go through stints and stages sort of and i'll get a couple of months where i get several researchers asking for help looking for steroid users okay to fill in certain types of questionnaire and then i won't hear anything for months but if i do i just stick them up on my facebook feed or my instagram account anyway um but there's actual physically long-term research projects you don't really get many of those in the uk okay um so it if you were looking to be involved in a research project where someone measured your health markers and then moved on, you're very unlikely to become involved in something like that. The vast majority are what they call survey studies, where they will send you a survey out, a questionnaire effectively, and then you answer that. And that will be as far as it goes. Okay. Um, he, he also added, too, he said, uh, uh, it's a sad sight, the lack of help and support available. I strongly believe in all the work that Dave is doing with harm reduction services and is something I truly believe in. And there should be more people like Dave doing the same. He had some nice words to say about you. Thank you. And also (laughs) Scott Stevenson. So we actually have, there's somebody who was really smart, not he's like not Dave and I. Okay. He's a smart guy. He has his own podcast He's proper too. Smart. Yeah, he's you, proper smart. You learn a lot more <laughs> watching Muscle Minds. Uh, he chimed yes, in about you the would. <laughs> he said, uh, "Total blood volume in an average sized male is five thousand uh, milliliters. Uh, putting even fifty milliliters would be uh, pulling even fifty milliliters would be one percent of blood volume. Twenty milliliters would be 04 percent." He said, "Cupping with bleeding." is an acupuncture technique borrowed now extensively. Uh, normally, you would not pull out nearly that much blood. So he's saying, I think, okay. that the volume the is coming out. Yeah. Yeah. Be almost like... Okay. Uh, like I'm, yeah. I've just I've seen a few pictures of, of quite what would appear to be quite decent levels of blood in the cup, so I would assume I just It'd thought it may be a right? viable or two. Hmm. You would think it would. Um, yeah. So Scott is definitely a much cleverer man than me. <laughs> much cleverer man than me. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I actually got to witness the volume of blood that came out of my arm one day when they dropped the glass bottle on the floor. And let me tell you, Dave, it was like, like I, it was a lot of blood, man. It was like way more than what it was probably actually it could fill this. I think this is 500 milliliters. Hmm. Yeah, no, no it's, actually, this it's, is six, so it would have been up to there. And when that spread on the floor, man, that's ooh. a huge amount. And it, yeah, it you could a huge smell the, like, the metallic odor, like you just murdered mm. someone. Um, what else do we have here? So we have a few more. 
And then it looks like a couple of people have posted questions up too. Uh, can you guys do a video on Winstrel and the difference between injectable, oral, and sublingual? Ooh, we had another one about D-ball, very similar. So we could probably cover all those bases. Okay. How about That's something for well, how about oral versus, in, how about this? And I think we've talked about it a little bit before. What about oral uh, steroids versus injectable orals versus sublingual? What, what would you say are the differences? I'll tell you what I've noticed. I've noticed that injectable D-ball felt stronger to me, the same milligrams. Yeah, well, you, you're not, orals are fat-soluble. So they can get bound to fat or non-dietary fat in the stomach, and therefore you can affect the absorption rate. Um, sure. So your 50 milligrams of D-ball tablet may not deliver 50 milligrams into your bloodstream. Yeah, And I think that would be the case with any oral digested medication, right? You know, versus yeah, injection. Whereas, whereas your 50 milligrams inject, well, same way as IV vitamins are much more effective than orally ingested vitamins because there's no absorption issues it's a hundred percent bioavailable because it's gone into the bloodstream yeah yeah so there's that there's the obvious issues of orals upsetting the stomach and aggravating the stomach lining again that's bypassed by um injectable and to some degree by sublingual as well hmm. i mean obviously sublingual uses uh, blood vessels under the tongue to enter the bloodstream more directly yeah. There will be some that's lost down the throat into the stomach. Uh, but so I would suppose from rate of absorption, you've got injectable, sublingual, and then you've got oral ingested. Yeah. I remember um, there, I seeing there was a, a study that had been done, and I read this a while ago, where they compared, uh, they said they got the same blood levels of B12 using injectable at 1,000 and sublingual at 5,000. So that was about right. that was about the ratio that they needed. So we could probably guesstimate that you probably have a similar effect with injectable to oral steroids, that there's going to be a certain percent that doesn't get absorbed orally or sublingually, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, I mean, obviously you've got passed by the liver and everything, but I, I would have said the main advantages are going to revolve around bioavailability and aggravation of the stomach. Yeah. Now, real world... I would say I have never used injectable Winstrel, especially water-based. I've never had a client use injectable Winstrel. Uh, I just don't, by the time we get that far, so I'd say Winstrel is a compound we'd use at the very end of a cycle. Uh, it's not something I'd want to use long-term. Uh, and it, more of like an icing on a cake for a prep. And... Uh, I find that we're already using possibly test trend mast. You add that Winstrel and I don't want to add a fourth injectable on top of that. I definitely don't want to mess around with a, 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 a water based just because there's going to be potentially more pain, more risk of infection. Uh, so I would still go with the oral personally and I would keep it at a limited amount of time. And I think that 50 milligrams is going to give you a really nice cosmetic effect in conjunction with being shredded, you know? There, there, there is, there is one, one of the things, like you said, is the fact that it's another route of administration 
So it takes away from the fact that you don't need to inject. You can use it orally. Yeah. Um, and so you're not having to add another round of injections to your already probably quite extensive injections at that point in a, in a comp prep. So there's definitely advantages there. You know, I mean, orals as a general, it's a very convenient way of taking medication because it's just a tablet, uh, particularly people that are secretive about their usage in the sense that they, their family doesn't know, or their loved one doesn't know, their partners don't know. Yeah. Um, orals become particularly popular in those sort of, sort of circumstances. And by the way, if you are in a situation where you don't feel you can be open and honest with your family about your usage, at least be open and honest with somebody. Hmm. Because if shit ever hits the fan, mm. it's handy to have somebody that knows what you're taking because that might actually become important in a medical emergency. Can you be my guy, Dave? No. I could put you on my medical, like my medical emergency card. If somebody rings me from America saying, do you know Scott McNally? I'll go, I've never heard of him. Who the hell are you? What are you doing ringing my phone? Go away in short, sharp, jerky motions. I think that would be funny if it's like uh, in emergency, please contact. And then I put this weird phone number that starts with like a zero and stuff. Don't your phone numbers normally start with a zero? No, ours start with a one. All right. Well, even your cell numbers. Yeah, yeah, our, that's our country code. Starts with a one. U.S. and Canada see, both. See, our, our country code is 0044. Okay. Ours is one because guess what? No, it's not. It's, it's zero, zero, 001. It's, we're America. America is number yeah, one, Dave. America. 45% of our <laughs> viewers just jumped up and just like cheered. <laughs> yeah! God. Okay. I'm not. The thing is, I feel pressured now that I can't insult America because it's half of our viewing population. <laughs> Just to pretend they're not there, it's okay. So, so I'm being very careful now, not 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 to be too insulting towards Americans because I don't want to lose the the five people that we have from America that watches. Yeah. We'll only have like the other four from the collective other countries. Yeah. What else do we got here? Uh, oh, look at that. Oh, wait, we already did this one because I skipped down. That was the one about home gyms. We may have one more here, and then we have a few on the thread, uh, the live feed here. Okay, so we'll power through this one. Ways to improve sleep. Currently, 400 milligrams of test, 500 EQ, 200 DHB, 200 trend, and apparently the entire kitchen sink just a little bit at a time. Uh, take Oh, and 10 milligrams of super draw. Uh, sleep is suffering quite a bit after training days. Any suggestions on improving sleep? Uh, only sides is getting from the cycle. Uh, everything else is going great. Uh, a solid recomp stack with crazy decent strength gains. I bet. There's a lot of different things, huh? Right. Well, I'm going to look at this from a way of not altering what he's doing. Okay. And just looking at ways to improve the problems he's experiencing from what, what he's doing. Yeah. So rather than saying, well, drop the trend and do this, do that. Um, I would look at your blood values. Huh. Because there's enough in there to thicken blood, which will affect your sleep to some degree. Hmm. Okay. 
Um, I would look at uh, possibly running stuff like Lions Main, Ashwagandha, mm -hmm. um, to help lower overall stress and anxiety levels. I would also potentially look at maybe even meditation. I've become a big, big fan of meditation. You're still doing uh, it, huh? I know you mentioned yeah, it I a know, while I, back. I, I, I have, I've become a big fan of it, and it, it literally only takes 10 minutes a day. Um, if you want to be really on top, 10 minutes twice a day. Um, and I notice the difference in my productivity when I don't do it, and I notice the difference in my – not so much in the amount of time I spend asleep, yeah. But in the quality of the sleep I get. Okay. Yeah. Um, so effectively what's happening or what is most likely happening is that the chemicals you are taking are elevating neuron activity in the brain. And as a result, when it comes to bedtime, those neurons aren't calming down and you're sat there giving it owl impressions at three o'clock in the morning going, do <laughs> um, you like my owl impression? Yeah, we got just, oh, we just good, got a it? clip for the intro on the show, actually. That was good, though, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, if you're not wanting to look at changing the drugs that you're taking, yeah. then it's a case of trying to calm those neurons down. If he, um, if so he anything was, going to help that. What do you think? What would you predict is the cause of this once again he is running tren is probably an option he's got dhb and he has uh, 500 eq so 200 trend 500 eq uh 200 dhb 10 milligrams of super draw with 400 test if you were to guess what would be the one thing you think would cause this well tren would be the obvious choice but it is at a low dose okay um I mean, of the compounds in order of how they will fuck your sleep, yeah. Trend, DHB, EQ. There okay. you go. Those three in that order. Yeah. Trend's going to have the biggest impact on sleep. DHB will have the second biggest impact. EQ will have the third biggest impact. However, his trend dose is low, but yeah. he's still on a gram and a half a gear. Yeah, yeah, combined together. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm a bit unsure about the super draw. I'm not so sure if that's even necessary. Sure. Sure. Um, I'd be potentially thinking of just dropping that. I don't see much point in having that. Yeah, he's probably going to get plenty strong from everything else he's using. Um, but it's, I, it's, 10, it's 10 milligrams as well, and I'm a bit like, well, why bother? Either take it or don't, but what's 10? I thought 10 was kind of decent because <laughs> I, I knew people that were running 20 as a strong dose in the past. I'll show up then. <laughs> um, other thing I, I'll mention is I did a podcast with uh, Dr. Dean St. Mart, and we titled it Hacking Sleep. So if you want to do a search for that on the channel, uh, he explained all the reasons why insomnia occurs. And then he talks about the specific supplements that will counteract that to basically hack sleep. So there, that would be an option. And, and of course, uh, uh, they do have a product from his company that he works with, uh, Supplement Needs. Um, I'll put a link to Supplement Needs in our code down below. We don't really get anything out of it, but you could get a discount, I believe, off of the product. What is, what is, what is our code? Someone asked me the other day and I couldn't remember. Uh, I'm not 100% sure offhand, but it might be Advices or Advices 10. But I'll put it... I thought it was... 
Right, I thought it was Advice is 15. Advice is 90. How about that? Let's talk to Dean. Advice is, advice is free as fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we'll put that down below, though, and, and it, it, you know, like I said, it doesn't benefit us, but it could benefit you guys. Um, let's see here. George has a question. We've got a couple here in the live feed. Uh, if raising food during a bulk, should I wait for my weight and performance to plateau before increasing food, even if I'm still hungry and easily able to eat? Also, what is your view on gaining body fat whilst... Whilst, whilst on a bulk, uh, trying to limit low, lower calories. Welcome to learning to speak English with Scott. Today he's going to try the big word dog. Dog. <laughs> <laughs> um. Um. Right now, I. I'm a big fan of micro management of dieting uh, or micro management of bulking diets where you do lots of little changes rather than big sweeping ones. Um, if somebody is still gaining weight, even if they are hungry, I would not particularly rush to increase their calories. Yeah. Unless it was problematic and they were literally like, you know, I'm going to chew the, I'll send out a donkey if I don't get some more food. Yeah. Um, it's, so it's rare if, if they have plateaued and they've stabilized, then obviously I'd, I'd look to increase food, uh, and particularly if they were hungry still. So if someone's weight's plateaued and they are hungry, then they, you know, there's, there's no question you're going to increase the calories. Um, if they're not hungry but weighted plateau, I'd still be looking to increase the calories, but I'd just make sure there's small increases rather than trying to make sweeping changes. Right. Uh, um, but if somebody's hungry and their weight's still increasing, then I would leave things alone. Um, I wouldn't look to increase calories just because they're still hungry. I'd look to increase calories because they're hungry and they're not gaining rather than the hunger being the driving factor. It would be the weight gain that would be the main factor I'd be interested in. Hmm. But obviously that would be taken into consideration any condition changes as well. Yeah. Um, regards getting fat on cycle, uh, or on a bulk, should I say, I don't have an issue with it, but you have to set sort of limits. You're not going to gain big numbers if you're trying to keep super, super tight, you've got to allow a little bit of fluff, but there there should become a cutoff point where it's like, no, this is too much fluff now. Let's pull it back a little bit. Let condition catch back up. And the thing is, if you've got everything working well uh, and you're going up, you're going up, you're going up, and then you start to realize that fat content's getting a bit high, holding calories, you should lean into that weight anyway as your growth continues. So it shouldn't be a problem to hold the food and let the body sort of catch up before you push the calories back up again for your next movement forward. Um, but an element of, of fat gain is necessary. Uh, it's going to happen. It's not an excuse. Yeah. yeah it's it's not happen. an excuse to let it get out of hand. Yeah, calories are, if you're eating more than maintenance, you will be putting on some amount of fat. If you adjust your macros, you're watching your physique you couldn't minimize it 
But yeah, there, there's going to be some amount that's going to occur. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. We got one more. This is from. Oh, do you have something else, Dave? No, 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 no. Okay. No. Vincent Ford then. Looking to do my first strongman comp in three months. Any thoughts on which cycle would be best for strength? 750 test and 600 deca or 750 test and 400 milligrams of mast and 200 milligrams of trend? Trend, I feel like, could hold back. I've seen people have issues with their cardio on trend. And I don't know about picking heavy shit up and then running with it as far as I can on trend. But yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't do strong, man. I, I would agree. Um, trend is a good strength drug. There's no denying that. It's going to make you crazy strong. There's no denying that. But there is a trade-off there, and that's the cardiovascular impact. Um, I would do the test and decker. Yeah, and if if I wasn't at the performance level I needed to be closer to the show, then I may consider dropping the decker out and putting some trend in to finish off. Uh, but I wouldn't run the trend long term. In the same way as I wouldn't for a comp prep for a bodybuilder, I'd put the trend in at the last minute. I'd do the same with a strength athlete. I put the trend in at the back end so that they doesn't have time to have huge impacts on their cardiovascular ability, but they get a nice kick up the arse strength wise coming into the comp. What about Anadrol? Lovely drug. Yeah, I feel like that'd be a Highly. great one for a strength. As long as you don't get like crazy calf pumps or something, you know? Well, you've just got to watch appetite as well, depending on whether you're looking to come in a maintenance body weight, because obviously strong men aren't always necessarily looking to gain weight, ah. or, or you're looking to gain weight as well. Because if you're looking to just come in at, at, a, at a maintenance weight, then you're not so bothered about, Oxy's potential to destroy your appetite. Yeah. But if you're looking to push your body weight up going into a comp, then you may be a little bit more concerned about whether that Oxy is going to do some issues with your appetite. So maybe if, okay, here's a thought for you then. Halo, if, you, if you're concerned about body weight, get strong as all get out. Dude, I've never been as strong as on Halo. Yeah. Nothing fact, wrong with Halo. I wonder how good Halo would Just, be for COVID recovery for me. Just watch your, you make sure you advise your, your loved ones that you are taking it. Okay. Dave, I'm going to take some Halo. Okay. Get angry with me and we'll have a fallout. You can put that down in your notes in case there's a medical emergency and they call you. And you I'll are going. I have your phone all. number. I have your phone number from WhatsApp. Fine. Because we're on WhatsApp. If, if they together. ring me, I, I'm just going to tell them you're not on anything at all. You can give them any drugs you want. You wouldn't, you, you don't, your conscious would not let you do that, Dave. Not if I was taking that 50 milligrams of Halo I plan on start starting right after the show today. <laughs> Actually, I'm keeping my test um, at 150 a week. And I think you should take shitloads of trend because that's going to really make your lungs sort themselves out. There's like 10 people who've told me trend kills COVID now. Like jokingly. <laughs> No, it's serious. Uh, I have been looking at some studies about the benefits of growth hormone in long-term COVID recovery. Uh, so I'm, I'm running a replacement dose of GH anyway. So I got back on that. But I'm keeping the test at 150 for now. Keep my hematocrit. Just do side. some fucking cardio. You'll be fine. Well, that's the plan, too. Actually, I went to the grocery store yesterday. And I was able to walk around, and it didn't feel like uh, high-intensity cardio the whole time. 
It, it's horrible, isn't it? You just cannot get air in at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like sweating the first time I went, and I was moving like a half a mile an hour. People were walking around to me. <laughs> Yeah, this old man shuffling along with his trolley. Yeah, exactly. That's what happened, man. <coughs> well, you've got enough grey in your beard now. You'd pass as an old man. Huh? Huh? What? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's it. That's all our questions I think we had for today. Uh, we should do a special topic next week. Like either... I looked for drugs in the news. There's no drugs in the news right now. There's like... Uh, information about why wrestlers may die sooner because of steroids. Uh, there's uh, barely anything worthwhile. There's nothing, Dave. Okay. So no steroids in the we, news. I, you what? I I could I I actually I I just remembered there's been something over in the UK. So we'll do this next week. There's oh. been a reported case of someone dying from taking steroids, as in taking a contaminated steroid drug and oh, it's killed them. Holy crap, yeah. Um, and they were um, a drug. Well, they had a history of drug abuse or they were a drug addict. I'm not quite sure exactly what. Okay. Um, I think it was they were, they were they had a history of severe cocaine abuse. Well, now we don't need to do um, it, Dave. You just gave all our content away. Well, no, because I will look up the details properly and, and we can discuss it properly next week. Oh. I have a question for the audience. Yeah? What's that? Is Christmas cabbage naked because his leaves are down? Huh. So is this is this Christmas cabbage dressed? Oh, I see. And is this Christmas cabbage naked? <laughs> well we'll find out we'll find out get we'll do a poll you guys let us know yes. uh, i should have mentioned this at the beginning of the show we definitely still need questions so if you guys have questions for the next episode it's an ongoing thing so we always need questions uh, and we appreciate your questions too we appreciate everybody's feedback Dumb. Don't make them hard ones because it hurts my head. And then Scott comes on and answers them and makes us both look stupid. Yeah. So Scott's make them easy it. ones. Yes. Uh, and save the hard ones for Scott. Yes. All right. In that case, guys, uh, head on over to crosslands.org.uk and check out Dave. You can also get a flight from Detroit for pretty cheap. If you want to go out and check out Dave's uh, services for eval, right. uh, Manchester, $1,536, one stop, 11 hours and 16 minutes. Uh, you could be getting phlebotomy in no time. Uh, and of course, check out uh, our great sponsor, truenutrition.com, user code advices. Like I said, you can get a lot of really high quality, great supplements there. Oh, and check out our Patreon because once again, we started a Patreon. So I appreciate you guys, everybody who's supporting Patreon. Uh, appreciate everybody who's watching the show. And thank you once again for all your, uh, for all your well wishes. I appreciate that. Dave. And I, I even Stop. appreciate you. Well, of course. Why wouldn't you? Well, for another episode of drugs and stuff, guys, we'll see you soon. Thanks, Dave. <laughs>